1: like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Daymore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire podcast on Monday morning, October 10th, after the Wolves 119-117 win over the Clippers on Sunday night. It was the Wolves' third preseason win in as many games. And on today's show, we'll just sort of get into that game, which obviously also served as Carl Anthony Towns' season debut. Chris Hein of the Star Tribune will be my guest to discuss what we can and cannot gather from Carl stepping on the floor with this team, particularly because Rudy Gobert did not play in that game, but we'll also move outside of Cat down the rest of the roster to guys who stood out on Sunday night and kind of have throughout this preseason. I think Nas Reed has. He had a really good game last night. Bryn Forbes has been making shots, even though Garza, I thought it's kind of been pretty fun here in the preseason as, I don't know, somebody I didn't expect to, to stick out at all. So I'll bring Chris in here in a second. to to get into that game, but first wanted to thank those of you who came to Falling Knife Brewing last Tuesday for the live show that Britt Robson and I did. It was was really cool to see a very full room, and uh, very cool for me to get a chance to meet many of you. I also wanted to let you know that we're going to do it again. I wanted to put it on your radar that I will be doing another live show coming up here on October 17th. This show will be at Forgotten Star Brewery, I am partnering with both Falling Knife and Forgotten Star this season, so when we do have these live shows kind of over the course of the season, it'll kind of be rotating between the two, but the next event is at Forgotten Star. For those of you who maybe came to live events uh, in previous seasons, when we did that one at the uh, for the lottery, that was also at Forgotten Star. So this one's northeast, still kind of northeast Fridley uh, border, but... Again, it'll be October 17th, and John Krasinski from The Athletic will be my guest uh, to do that show with me. It's going to be on October 17th. The season opener is on October 19th. So John and I will have a bunch to talk about. Uh, we'll also open up the mics for uh, open, you know, listener questions or attendee questions that they can come come up and ask John and myself. So again, just uh, and, you know, I'll keep bugging you about this, but mark down on your calendar thursday october 17th at forgotten star brewery uh doors open to the event space in the back at 6 30 p.m and then john krasinski and myself will do an hour-long show starting at 7 p.m we'll hang out a little bit afterward to have a beer and uh, get to know some of you a little bit too so if you had fun at our live show last week um or if you weren't able to make that one this is another chance to sort of gather uh, with myself and john and other wolves fans again that's 6.30 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, October 17th at Forgotten Star Brewery. All right, let's bring in Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. All right, I am joined by Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. Chris, let's uh, let's just get right into last night's game. It was obviously Carl Anthony Towns' first uh, appearance of of the season, of the preseason, this long-awaited sort of, is Carl going to play? How skinny is he? What's he going to look like? Uh, hopefully, look like with Rudy, but no Rudy in this game. What stood out to you, Chris, from a Rudyless cat last night?
2: Uh, it just seemed like he didn't have too much rust on there, especially when it came to shooting. Uh, five of eleven last night. He hit three threes, nineteen points in twenty six minutes. Uh, and that was that was a big takeaway. I didn't know, you know, if he was gonna look. A little sluggish, a little slow, need to get back in the rhythm. But he looked pretty pretty regular to me in just terms of how he normally is.
1: Yeah, there's kind of that like uh sneaky scoring Carl doesn't you don't he doesn't really like pop out to you, but then you kind of look at the box score and you're like, Oh, he has 17 points and nobody else is in double figures. Like I thought it was it was kind of very much one of those games um where you're like, Oh wait, Carl actually had a had a really good game, but I think if you watched it right at the beginning, I thought he was pressing a little bit. Um, I think he missed his first four shots of the night, which is only understandable, right? Right. Coming back, playing for the first time. But it it, it looked like, you know, when it's the fourth quarter and Carl kind of feels this like, all right, we need to score. And he goes, I'm just going to do it sort of thing. And it's a little bit more forced. It felt like that in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter last night. And then mm-hmm. I thought he kind of moved, settled into his his Carl role um, on the offensive side of the floor, which is just a uber efficient, productive player. He was that right away.
2: Yeah, I I, I thought so too. I, spe- I thought especially in the third quarter. That's really what I was kind of thinking of was was how he looked in that third quarter when he was draining a couple threes, and, and I'm like, that's that's Carl as he as he usually is, as we usually see him. Um, so you know, that's, that's a big thing. You didn't know how was this illness going to affect him? Uh, was going to take some more time. The fact that he played last night was, I thought a little bit of a, of a surprise in that sense. I, sure. I didn't think we, we might see him until maybe even that last preseason game. Yeah, well, I think that's what um, you and I said so, on this
1: when we last Monday, mm-hmm. when we recorded, we're like, ah, I don't know, probably not the Clippers game. And then, you know, turn up. So I guess in our minds ahead of schedule.
2: So yeah, yeah. Especially given how dramatic he made the illness seem, I I didn't, you know, I didn't know Mm -hmm. when exactly we would see him. Um, But he certainly seems to have rebounded nicely from from whatever was ailing him.
1: I thought the one other thing to me that I was just kind of tracking for, and I went back and looked at a little bit this morning, was we've heard Chris Finch repeatedly say it's going to be about this team's ability to play multiple different defensive coverages now that Rudy's in the mix. And that is also true when Rudy's not in the mix, right? Like Carl is going to need to be able to play up right. in coverage and he's going to need to play back in coverage. And I thought Finch gave himself a, a good test, gave himself some good film. They played Carl completely up in coverage in the first half of the game, which is that high wall concept that we saw consistently last year. And then in the second half they had Carl go back to his little like cat and mouse drop game where he's trying to kind of poke at the guard and come back. He was really into his little jabs um at the ball, but that looked a lot like the way that Carl was used in the Ryan Saunders days, in the Tom Thibodeau yep. days. So I think it's been hard to parse everything that that Chris Finch has has said with this and at some point we're just going to have to see it get on the floor. The idea was conservative drop coverage with Rudy whenever Rudy is on the floor, aggressive coverage whenever Carl's on the floor without Rudy, though last night we saw Carl also playing drop even though Rudy wasn't playing. So I think I take that all to mean and as a reminder that these aren't hard and fast rules, right? Carl is going to need to be able to play and drop sometimes. Carl is going to need to be able to play up at the level just as Rudy probably will too. Like you're gonna have to go back and forth from these things, and I think that is going to be why it will take this team defensively a while to sort of hit his rhythm because those are those are very different things for very different players. Um, and and I think that we kind of saw some sloppiness last night in trying to figure figure that all out. Obviously, the first Carl's first game and it's preseason and all that, but that was kind of one of my other takeaways from this.
2: Yeah, and and we we heard them talk last year too about you know just needing to multi- multiply their arsenal when it came to defensive coverages. Even though they were so good at, at playing the high wall last year, you know halfway through the year, second half of the year, they they started incorporating you know more switching, mm-hmm. um, different coverages, different looks. So you know I think that just goes without saying like they just need to be a multiple coverage team across the board, no matter what at all times, no matter who's on the floor, because maybe a matchup against a certain opponent is going to call for getting rid of the high wall, even if Rudy isn't on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's preseason. You try it out. Like you said, you get some film uh, and you you see where you go from there. And it's just, it's just so hard right now. To really make any grand judgments, because we just haven't seen <laughs> Carl and Rudy together. Um, but with Carl, you know, the the drop is for years and years. He, he, he I don't want to say he never got better at it, but it just it just isn't his strong suit. And I, I wonder how that's going to go. Does, you know, does he take some tips from Rudy? Does he learn from Rudy? Well, when, when first, he has in like... these instances where he has to. What it looked like to
1: me, and and I didn't really catch this when I was watching it live, but I just went and looked at the pick and roll clips this morning. And what I saw different of Carl is like, you know, he's kind of feeling himself a little bit. He's like 15 pounds lighter. So he's like in the drop right in that in that sort of back pedal. But he's kind of like dancing with his feet a little bit. He's trying to get his arms out there like, all right, I'm not doing I'm not going to do this like Rudy or like Joel Embiid and just try and present myself as this big wall for you to come through, like, I'm a little bit smaller, but he probably doesn't think I'm a little bit smaller, but he thinks I'm a little bit quicker, you know? So I'm going to try and be more of a pest in that sort of way. And that was different than I think when Ryan was here, where they just asked him to be like, all right, Carl, just defend the rim, defend the rim. So I think as we get into this season, this is the offensive side of the ball too, like Carl feels different in his body now. And on defense, I think that will act like activate his speed a little bit more. And on offense, like 15 pounds lighter, I think he's going to try and like get into his bag a little bit more, kind of skew more towards even small forward, quote unquote, than center. And I think you could make cases that those are good things. They're also different things, though, you know. So how long does it take him? Even even if you adjust your game. By just three, four percent, right? How much of a how long does it take for that that changing to become like positive? You know what I mean? Uh, it's just it's going to be a, an adjustment for Carl. These are the things that he has to adjust. He's step one was adjusting his body, right? Step two is like, okay, how do I use this body? Um, because I am now in a different position, asked to do slightly different things. So I don't know, you could go totally like Zapruder film with this stuff and, and get like way too far into it. But I, I do think that is true. Um, I do think Carl is just going to function less as the kind of plotter and fancy himself more the act like the the active player.
2: Well, that's you know, that's the mentality why he liked the high wall so much was yeah. you know, it, it allowed him to be a little more active, a little more athletic, a little more of a pest when he's out there. Uh, actually guarding people instead of just it allows like a said, being, a being a presence. Yeah, like proactive, proactive versus reactive. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And he seems to definitely favor that on the defensive end of the floor.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Aura. You know of Aura because you've seen their name on the Timberwolves jerseys. And I'd like to tell you what Aura's digital security can do for you. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software, all combined into one easy to use app. People are shocked when their identity is stolen, but identity theft is actually extremely common. There's a new victim of identity theft every 14 seconds. Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers, and sends alerts fast right to your phone and email. When it comes to fraud, every second matters. You can connect your credit and bank accounts and get notified of any changes up to four times faster than Aura's competitors with Aura. I've already signed up for Aura and I'm already seeing how often my personal information is showing up on the dark web, and you will too. If you sign up for a free 14-day trial with Aura, protect yourself from America's fastest growing crime by trying 14 days for free at Aura.com Dane. That's aur dot slash D-A-N-E for 14 days free. And a thank you to Aura for sponsoring today's show. Aura, digital security you can trust. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Recent studies show that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. If your father was 30 when you were born, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his are. Low testosterone can have all types of health effects on men. It can cause you to lose muscle mass in your body. It can affect your mood, your memory, and even your sex drive. Let's Get Checked is a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits and their male hormone tests let you easily test your testosterone levels. These results are reviewed by a clinician. Once your sample is in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Let's Get Checked labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you wanna test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, Visit TryLGC.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. Or look for that link and promo code in the show notes of this episode. That's TryLGC.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25.
2: On the offensive end, um, gonna, I'm going to be curious where that shows up. Um, you know, right. does he, I mean, he already drives a lot for a big man. You know, does he drive even more mm-hmm. um you know it, it the the big question i have on the offensive end and we we seem to always ask carl about this all the time he had you know six three-point attempts last night you know is he going to chuck it from deep right. 10 11 12 times a game if that is what is best for this team mm-hmm. you know because it, it always his three-point attempts we saw it last year they would fluctuate. There totally. were there were games where he'd only where he'd only take one or two. Um, but now that Rudy is gonna be more of the inside presence, is Carl going to be content with taking ten plus threes a game if that's what's called for? Yeah. Um, on a regular on a regular basis and not just a one off once a week, maybe or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's like I think we know for sure that to, in one way or the other carl is going to play more of a guardy type game this season that that is going to happen but in which way is it which way is that going to be is it going to be like you hinted at at the beginning more of those basket attacks or is it going to be taking more three-pointers and taking less interior shots like he is going to do things where like the frequency of what The frequency of what he's always sort of done is going to change this season. But we don't know where those frequencies are exactly going to change. I think, yes, just like plain basic stats, 40% three-point shooter for his career, that seems like one of the areas to move up the slider, right? But we do know it's not always as simple as that. And Carl's told us for years, like, we've asked, like, hey, man, you know, You only took like six threes this week. Why? You know, and sometimes he just says like, I'm not feeling it as much. Right. Or the first half he starts over two, over three. Like what I'm curious what he's going to do with that mentality this year and how much Chris Finch, Mike and whoever like challenges him to push that. Like, we don't care that you missed your, you went over three from three in the first half. That's actually not that bad. Carl, like, We want you to take six here in the second half and, you know, let's get it back to 500 or 50%, whatever it might be. So I don't know what exactly to expect there. I do think he's going to start skewing more, again, guardy, small forwardy, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's where it would show up in in, in my book. And and just offensively, I'm just very intrigued in general as to, how that's going to work for him. Um, no idea. You know, <laughs> like, no, no idea really? because we, we haven't seen him and Rudy on the floor yet. Right. So no idea. We've seen him and Nas Reed on the yeah, floor let's together. let get into this that. Preseason. Get yeah. into Nas. Nas, I Nas was awesome. Nas Reed with his, uh, Nas was fantastic last night. Um, 20 points, nine of 13, 11 rebounds in 23 minutes. Rebounds uh, are nice. That is a productive night. Um, preseason or not. Um, so, you know, what this has allowed, this, this preseason, I think, has allowed us, with Carl and Rudy kind of not in or not, you know, both out for some games, is Nas is getting these extended looks. And I did not know, or <laughs> still don't know, honestly, <laughs> where he's going to fit in uh, in the rotation this regular season. But, listen, if he, if he plays like he did last night, you got to find minutes for him, mm-hmm. you know, and, we, and we've always kind of said that about Nas, where it's like, even even in bigger lineups, you, you got to try to find a way, or smaller lineups, you got to try to find a way to get Nas on the floor and get right. him minutes, but I think with the addition of Kyle Anderson, we kind of penciled Kyle Anderson in as, as taking a lot of minutes at the four, but totally. Nas, is making his, Nas is making his case that, that he should be getting minutes at the four, regularly this year that was his biggest statement yet last night
1: you know what what kind of surprised me last night was i hadn't really ever considered Nas kind of playing in that jared vanderbilt slot on offense kind of like the semi-ignored in the dunker spot like guy mm-hmm. um because we're always like oh Nas and carl together they can both spread the floor like we're gonna play five out whatever whatever and I thought Nas in that dunker spot, remember he had that like ant dropped one off to him right away early in the game. Yep. Like Nas has those, he's quick, right? He could quick get up to finish. It's not like the Nate Knight power dunk or Vanderbilt, but like Nas is quick with it from the dunker spot to finish. I was like, Oh, I hadn't really considered that being an area for Nas to play as well, which I think if he can do that, that opens up this idea of being able to play with Carl. A little bit more. He's kind of the interior guy, with four guys spaced out around them. I had just kind of given up on the Nas and Carl idea because we've been asking about right for like we've been asking
2: for for three years. it's yeah. is like I love
1: it, I love it, but only only eleven minutes all season or whatever it might be like. So I I don't know like I Nas has gotten to play okay in these three games right first game Nas no Rudy no Carl second game. Nas with Rudy, no Carl Third game, Nas with Carl No Rudy um, I think it got progressively better I think the worst yes. one was by himself Decent with Rudy Best was with Carl, which I would not Have thought of, because like I said I'd kind of just Only
2: view Nas thought, as you a backup You would have thought, thought he could be a, a more, a better facsimile Of Carl alongside Rudy, where he's Facing right. the floor, and, and instead of it being the other way around where <laughs> totally. he's, like you said, more of the dunker, more of the roller, uh, in, in the more traditional five I, I think Christie's that's, just that's, better at
1: that stuff. Like, I think we've done this yeah. thing. Like, and, and to, this was, these are definitely like Gerson's words, like poor man or like, you know, not, he didn't say poor man, but like the idea that he's functionally similar to Carl, like as a big, and I, I'm not sure anybody in the NBA is even functionally similar to Carl. Right. Because it's not only that Carl is a great shooter, Carl also doesn't ever really play in the pick and roll, like doesn't really ever roll to the basket. Like Nas Nas is nowhere near the shooter that Carl is. um, and But he is a better roller than he is. Or he's better at, I think he's better at playing in that dunker spot than than Carl would be. So it's like, wait, maybe we shouldn't just say that Nas is a poor man's Carl just because he kind of can shoot from the three-point line. Maybe he is functionally more similar to Jared Vanderbilt or Rudy Gobert because all the other things outside of the shot there are are more similar. I think that's at least like a possibility we should consider.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the other thing that I thought, you know, just watching the rotations a little bit last night and just having watched this team for the last few years is, you know, there are going to be moments where when Jordan, when Jordan McLaughlin's on the floor, yeah, you're going to want Nas Reed on the floor with him sometimes. Totally. Um, at least some of the time, because they have such good chemistry, such palpable chemistry uh, on the offensive end of the floor, those two do, um, and it's 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 dangerous. I mean, uh, J Mac another six assists in seventeen minutes last night. Jesus, um, <laughs> yeah, right. Just uh, just you know doing what he does. Um, but that's that's the other thing to consider is that those two just play so well together yeah. that when, when J Mac is is on the floor. Some of that should be with Nas Reed, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so maybe if I had to try and like encapsulate how my thoughts have shifted on Nas in terms of role, it's not necessarily that I think he's going to be in the opening night rotation. It's that I am now more open to the idea that he could play power forward, where now instead of competing with Rudy and Carl for those 48 minutes, he's now more not like there's a ton more available at power forward. He's still competing with Kyle Anderson, Conditorium Prince to some extent, but I think probably a pathway to minutes there is easier. And something we've kind of seen him showcase a little bit of an ability to be able to do now, all that said, I'm sure some people are listening to this and like, Oh cool. Like Nas has been able to do stuff great on offense at the power forward in the, in the preseason. But, is he going to be able to guard power forwards? Neither. I, I don't know. Probably not.
2: I don't know either. Right. Right. right what, exactly. And that's, you know, what, and, that what, is, and that is the right. biggest question. That is that is his biggest obstacle to playing time, uh, 100%. And always, has okay, been. but but you know, is is it is it going to be the kind of thing where okay, so he's rolling out more with the second unit? Um, is it going to be the kind of thing where they might just be? so dynamic offensively that they yeah. can make up for it when he's on the floor well that's gotta uh, especially, be the, the especially justification, in, right yeah yeah especially if if he is playing alongside carl in those lineups like mm-hmm. you know we've we've kind of penciled in kyle anderson to be the guy that you know if 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 every if all the rotations are dictated by whether Rudy or Carl is on the floor, I think in our minds we kind of pencil in, oh well, Kyle Anderson will play the four when Carl's on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, does last night maybe bring into account? Hey, maybe it's Nas alongside right. Carl when Rudy's not on the floor. And the weird but thing maybe, about maybe last night was a glimmer of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. And th- this weird thing about Nas too is he's overall not probably a plus defender, but he is a good rim protector, like in, in, in an odd sort of way. Like he, he had, he can block shots, he can get there. So it's like, Mm -hmm. maybe the idea is, all right, if we have Nas and and Carl both on, on the floor, we're probably like that first line of defense is probably going to get cooked a lot. Like they're going to have smaller, quicker guys going past Nas and Carl, whoever from time to time. But we have some backline protection and Nas's ability to come over there and block a shot. More than Torian Prince could, right, or more than Kyle Anderson could, because Nas can kind of get up in that sort of way. So, again, we I always like whenever my mind shift, my mindset starts shifting greatly from a couple preseason games. I'm like, wait a minute, let's skew back over to what we thought going in because it's probably more likely that. But at the same time, we have seen this, Chris, right? Like through the years of like, okay, Jalen Noel, he really showcased himself in in the preseason. Boom. He Now he's kind of moved into a bench role that we didn't anticipate. Some movement does happen in the preseason. Probably not right. as much as we speculate on, but some movement does happen. So it's, this, it's that kind of balance.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: And another one of those guys, Chris. I think, um, who we put very fringy in the rotation, coming into coming into the preseason was Bryn Forbes. That dude is just—it's—he's lived up to it the billing like, to be in a. It, seems, a like a it right. seems like such a natural fit. It seems
2: like such a natural fit. That's Good one thing I've been struck with these three. These three, he just seems like he fits out there. Um, five three-pointers last night, five for six from three-point range. You do that, you're going to get minutes, right. <laughs> uh, no matter how bad your defense is. Um, well, and so, like the Malik yeah, role, right? Like it's it's right. a, it's
1: a smaller Malik role, and but that was kind of the idea with Malik is if hot, you could get him like nine looks, you know, like yep. blow it up. If and when the opportunity presented itself, I was skeptical that Bryn Forbes could be that, um, but yeah, just seeing the shot, it's like clearly he's an elite shooter. What else is it gonna be, yeah, but anyways, continue. I yeah. cut you off.
2: Yeah, just just, with, just within the flow of what they like to do offensively, he he just it he, he just fits so well and just kind of looks like this offense just keeps plugging along with him in there. Totally. You know, I thought he's I thought he looked natural. I thought I think Jalen Noel's had a great preseason so far. Right. Um, you know, he he's got this added opportunity coming up here, um, and I think he's taken advantage of it. Um, he's looked he's looked really good. To you know, uh, yeah, he just looks like he belongs in that role this year. So, do you think? Um, so,
1: do you think anything has shifted in your mind of the if we kind of, which this isn't totally accurate, but if we said. Noel, Rivers, and Forbes were all competing for kind of that one sort of bench guard spot. Um mm-hmm. how has the pecking order changed for you of maybe what you anticipated coming in um versus what maybe now a week and a half in? Has it moved at all?
2: I would say maybe Forbes has jumped Rivers in my estimation. I would I I would have said Jalen gets the mm-hmm. gets the first crack at the most minutes then I would have said Austin Rivers just because he provides kind of a balance of the defensive end. But, you know, uh, the way Bryn Forms has, has looked and played this preseason, I think maybe he's jumped up a little bit and we might be seeing more minutes out of him uh, than maybe I, like you said, both of us anticipated. So.
1: So, so, Chris, that's exactly what I would say, too. That's how I would have came into it. Um, yep. that's what my opinion would be from watching these games. But one thing I would note to people listening and you Chris know that Chris Finch does this, like yes. he, he's thrown out like unprompted Austin rivers praise. Uh, he did after the game against the Lakers in Vegas the other night. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, that's a mm-hmm. note. Like note that. Cause yeah, because what he's doing is that's, that's Finch's way of saying, you might not see all the things that we're looking for in Austin rivers showing up on the stat sheet. Right. Or, or even just, or even just showing up watching the whole game. Right. I think what Finch is saying is Austin is really valuable for us in the minutia of what we're doing in the, you know, the classic Pat Bev intensity sort of thing. They need that. So while I would say preseason has dictated that Jalen Noel looks like the best of those three players, Bryn Forbes looks like a heck of a shooter, Austin Rivers hasn't really popped, I would just, I'm still leaving open this idea that it's the first game of the season or it's the first week of the season and Austin Rivers is playing 15 minutes a night because Chris Finch loves him. I would just leave that possibility out there.
2: Well, sure. And, And, you know, and a lot of why we're saying this about Noel and Forbes is because offense pops, right? And exactly. it's just easy to see, you know, it's easy to see a guy put in five threes, like, yeah, get him more. Minutes. <laughs> right. um, but uh, with Austin Rivers, you know, we don't see his, maybe, you know, good on ball or off ball defense isn't going to show up in the, mm-hmm. in his butt in his box score line. So, but it probably shows up in Chris Finch's mind.
1: Exactly. I did think that's just worth mm-hmm. noting there. Um, the last thing, I just wanted to, you know, bounce off you. Is it's just the Clippers as a Wolves matchup. And, you know, we're not, they're not going to be like breaking down the film from this preseason game to determine like the second round playoff series between the Clippers and the Wolves. I'm not saying that, but I think this team is a really interesting and testing matchup for the Wolves because. Because for the Rudy reasons, right? They spread them out. They spread the Jazz out last year. They did all, you know, they did that. Jazz got smoked. It, you know, that happened. But I want to, like, I think this Clippers team can do that again or is as dangerous at doing that as any team this Wolves team will face. But they're also really big, man. They could go, like, really big, too. Zubats started at the 5 yesterday. Morris at the 4. Kawhi at the three Paul George at the two and John Wall at the one like that team is even bigger than the Wolves a big team that's it, like it a... is and
2: that's that's what I was thinking that's what I was thinking last last night watching this Clippers team I'm like this team can go a million different directions with with who they put on the floor and at what times and who's playing what position and like it's they, uh, they're going to be very good. <laughs> well, it was like, um, it was like I this. Take Clippers are going to be very <laughs> yeah, good. Right. Um,
1: you would uh, think it, it, with no Rudy on the floor, right? Then, then mm-hmm. you go like your next biggest thing you can do is Nas and Carl out there together, which they did. And they were getting banged like Zubots, yeah. into your passing stuff. there, like, and, and, and part of this is too, like Nas and Carl have both like lost 20 pounds. Over the last two years, like that's just a fact of they're yeah. these more like tall, skinny guys now, whereas like zubots isn't trying to lose weight in the off season you know like Marcus Morris is trying to fight you like it's it's a it can be a very physical team too, and I find the like hypothetical of that type of matchup against the wolves to be really interesting where like if you're the wolves and you're the clippers, you guys can kind of bruise each other when you go with your your big lineups, but then you can also kind of both teams can go significantly smaller and try and stretch people out, play it a more in space game. Like that's just an interesting NBA thing that very rarely happens um, anymore. And I just, find, I think these matchups will be the most interesting and telling of the season when the Wolves play the Clippers, like knock on wood that everyone's healthy and trying to win those games. I just, it stuck out to me last night.
2: Well, that well, you you also just said the key thing when everybody's healthy and, and yeah. trying to win those games. Um, because with the Clippers, I, I, I was almost like put a bookmark in this where it's like you have all of these guys available on the same night playing together. Like, right. how often is that going to happen for the Clippers <laughs> this season? I don't know that it's going to happen very often. Right. And that's that's one reason. That's one reason why when I look at this Wolves season as a whole. Compared to some of the other teams in the West. And I think that I think that's why we pencil this Wolves team in to be like, we think they're gonna win a lot of regular season games. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we think a lot of their, their big guys, their, their main guys are gonna be available on a nightly basis. So just by the pure fact of availability, and Finch is that games. type of coach
1: who's like, I want my guys to play, like he's not a Star right. roster guy.
2: Right. And, but with the Clippers, it's like, well, maybe <laughs> somebody's out for a few weeks and rest comes in. Somebody's out for you know nagging little hamstring injury. They're out for two to three weeks. You know they come back and somebody else is out. That's why, like, if yeah. I'm if I'm doing like a, where are they finish in the Western Conference? Like, yeah, I, I think if the Clippers were fully healthy for a, a full season, they'd probably finish ahead of the Wolves. But because I just don't know with some of their guys. I bet you they finish maybe a little bit behind the Wolves in terms of wins. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I it's it's so I, hard to predict.
1: I'm really high in the Clippers, but I don't think I disagree with that. Like, and and I don't know. Maybe they want to go the other way with it. Of like, okay, we we haven't played a lot as a group the past two years. Like PG Kawhi, let's try and play 70 games each this season. Like, actually make that happen. But you're right. I, ultimately, like. And it's not just the Clippers. There's a lot of a lot of these teams where we're only going to kind of get hints at matchups during the season. But that is a new, different Timberwolves thing, I think, even for us, Chris, since we've been covering this team of, like, I don't know, whenever, like, the Nuggets come into town or the Mavs come into town, you can kind of think about it like a playoff series, which is never how I approached regular season games before. Of, like, I was just like, okay, see if the Wolves could, you know, cut back in towards the play-in you know like it's it, it's it is different and i think that it's going to be fun particularly because there's going to be so much more there's just going to be so much more chess this year with how finch has to play given the carl uh the carl and rudy dynamics so i'm looking for, forward to the first real wolves clippers game
2: yeah absolutely and i think we, when do we get that is that in november I think I there's a November so. one. I
1: don't know. You're always the one way more on top of the schedule than I am. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> not this year. I'm not, not year. Um, I, I I've couldn't tell you when, when the, yeah, normally I have like the schedule basically memorized um, oh, dude, that's what I'm <laughs> by about. this time of year, uh, but not, not this time uh, around. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, the chess match is going to be, is going to be fun to watch just because, and just because like, Listen, winning games in the West is going to matter a lot for this team. Like, you need to beat these teams just to. If their goal is to be a top four team in the West, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta win on a nightly basis. Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a rough go this season in the Western Conference. So, you know, any win that you can get at any point in time is is huge. And so, I I wonder how that's going to play into some of their mentality in terms of how, how, how hard they push it. Right. You know, are they, you know, are they going to give it a go at 80% or 85%? Um, or even you know. the beginning
1: of the season, man, right? Like, are you going to yeah. take care of business against those first nine teams that are in the business of losing, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that, that will be the first sort of indicator. I, I know what you're getting at here is this like idea of, yeah. of you know, nobody in the league is playing 10 out of 10 like on a Tuesday in February. Mm-hmm. But are you the team that plays at a nine two? or are you a team that plays at a 7.2? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and we will start getting an idea of that with this team over the course, over the course of the season. I think Finch is the type of coach that pushes for that more of a nine out of 10. Um, But as this team gets older, more veteran, like, it's not like there isn't value in resting as well. Like the Correct. clippers aren't being stupid for resting their players. Like there's a Correct. world where Rudy's in his thirties now. Like, maybe it does make sense to only play him like 68 games this season, even if he is healthy. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Is we don't know what the we don't know aggression level of this team is in the regular season. But Chris, we are learning more things about this team slowly. <laughs> uh are what we got nine days still feels like a long time until I'll,
2: until I first... I, it, it, I'll be honest it, it feels like a long time I was I was sitting there last night thinking we got two more <laughs> preseason games <laughs> to go, and, and over a week until the opener I I was I am fully in like Let's start playing the game. There's 82 games in a season. Right. Let's just start playing the games that matter, and you can all figure it out then. Uh. Use the first two or three games then to figure some things out. We don't need five preseason games. Yeah, the NBA when have, game when you have preseason. when you have 82 games on top of that. I, um, so you know that's that's my little thing about preseason. I, I'm I'm well, ready. I'm ready to play meaningful basketball. So
1: yeah, let's well let let's get one preseason game with Cat and Rudy. Right, like let's yes, let's see that. Um, I don't know if that will be Wednesday again against the Clippers. but it's the Clippers again on Wednesday, right? Lakers, it's the Lakers. Oh, Lakers. On Sorry, no, the no. Yeah. Um, and then we got Brooklyn at Target Center on Friday. No, I, I mean, maybe both of those games. It would be fun to to see. I think for the fans too, to see Carl and Rudy and Ant and D'Lo and Jaden all together for that, that last preseason game to kind of get, you know, the hype going in advance of the season, but let's just get to the season. Let's, uh, let's get to the season. Let's start playing basketball. Let's start actually having, because if Nasri does that in a real, real regular season game, we go, that matters. It's a much, it's a much
2: bigger deal than, than where where we're like kind of conditioning everything we're saying with well yeah. we don't really know if this matters or not <laughs> exactly we think it matters but we don't know if it matters yeah. we're getting closer we're getting closer that should be the, that should be the subtitle of, of preseason <laughs> podcast it, does this matter with being more uh, <laughs> that would get chris a ton hein, of listens yeah. chris that would get a ton of listens <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um all right well he is uh chris hein chris is going to be joining me every uh monday throughout the the season this year um if you somehow don't know this chris is the traveling beat writer for the uh Minneapolis star tribune and has been for i think five years now so really looking forward to sort of that insight um that that you have from being a beat writer being around the team here at practice locally and when chris does travel to those things so chris i'm really looking forward to doing these this year um but I'm looking forward to doing them more off of games that actually matter where my eyes Correct. aren't like closing at eleven thirty on a Sunday night of like, oh my god, <laughs> there's Luca Garza again. Like we we need to ready to be uh ready to be back in basketball mode. But thank you for doing this, Chris. Um, read everything Chris does at the Star Tribune. And uh I'll see you later this week, Chris. And um, to the listeners, I'll be back yes, with Jace on Wednesday. Until then, peace Chris.